Welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Well, welcome to the Stephen Mansfield Podcast. Great to have you with me as always. I am going to dive into a very difficult topic in this episode. I've become aware in the last year or so of a belief about early American history, and I've largely become aware of this because many of you have been writing me, particularly a young man named Leonard, and I appreciate that very much. Appreciate it when you guys get back to me. Appreciate it when you ask me to talk about certain things or tell me what's causing trouble in your world. And this particular issue has to do with God and our country and whether there's a covenant for our country and what that covenant is. And so here is what some of you are saying you are hearing from some of your conservative friends, or maybe you've believed this yourself and you're grappling with it and you want to know what I think. And like I say, I appreciate that. Apparently, there is a view out there that America has a covenant with God. Okay, that's one issue but that that covenant is defined in the U.S. Constitution and that when people violate the Constitution, meaning largely our elected officials, when they violate the Constitution, they are violating that covenant with God. Therefore, we are coming under judgment. And also that one of the corollaries uh, is that perhaps we are not responsible to follow them. We are not responsible to be governed by them. Now, this is a serious issue. Uh, You can imagine that there might have been people on January 6th who believed this, who believed their government was no longer legitimate because uh, there had been violations of the Constitution as they defined it. Uh, You can believe that this might lead to anarchist movements. You can believe and understand how this might uh, lead to other sorts of rebellion against the U.S. government, uh, etc., so I want to talk about this for just a moment, and I want to say, just to, just to kind of tease you a little bit, that I believe part of this, but I don't believe the other part, and I'm going to tell you why. Now, let's deal with the first thing first. It, does America have a covenant with God? Okay? Now, I believe that the founding generations of this nation were, for the most part, Christians. I think that's well-established, and even secular historians will affirm that. And they were constantly making covenants with God, prayer covenants, covenants for the nation. They were a covenant-making bunch because they were largely Calvinists. Lord Leopold von Ranke, a great old historian, once said that about 90% of the founding generations, the colonial era of America, about 90% were Calvinists. And that's very true. Calvinism, Calvinist thinking, even amongst those who weren't that devoted to Jesus weren't that serious about their faith, nevertheless shaped their their worldview, shaped their thinking. They were culturally Calvinists. They were culturally Christians, even if they weren't uh, deeply on fire, personally devoted Christians. I I think that's that's very true and and very clear uh, from the evidence. 
So were there covenants for what would become the nation in that world, which of course, uh, in that part of the world, which of course had not been named yet. It was not called the United States of America. My, my answer is yes. Um, no question. I've quoted some of them in this podcast, the Mayflower Compact, um, 1620, in which the people said, we sailed for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. And they made covenant with God for their settlement on this new land. They weren't, they weren't thinking of the United States. States of America. That was still hundreds of years off, um, but they but they made covenant. People made prayer covenants. Towns bound themselves into uh, days of prayer and fasting and covenanted in that sense. Uh, there were a lot of covenants made. Now, is there one big national uh, covenant uh, that was made with God? Uh, especially during the colonial period before there was a nation? I, I think the answer is no. It was hard to get anything past all of the colonies, as we learned in the various conventions. Um, so no, there was not one covenant. In fact, a lot of the colonial era, uh, the people living in the colonial era would have been suspicious of a government that got too religious. They, they certainly believed religion should be free and encouraged. Um, they certainly believed that, that part of the role of government was to protect and encourage religion. But remember, these people uh, were in attention during the colonial era and eventually fought a war with an England which exerted control over church, which uh, exerted control over religion. So no, they would not have been too excited about a state that was too religious. And that's a lot of the context you need to understand about that era. Very important that you understand that they were having tensions, being controlled by, being abused by a nation that was exerting itself over matters of church and over matters of faith and over matters of heart. And they resented the heck out of it. And they wanted the state not to be neutral. That would would be overstating. But they wanted the state to acknowledge God. They wanted the state to encourage religion, but they wanted religious issues left. This is after the revolution at the state level. We've talked about that before. So, do I know of some big uh, colonies-wide covenant with God? No, there were revivals. There were there were declarations of faith uh, amongst the different colonies. There were declarations of faith amongst the different townships, etc. But no. Now, what's being? But I but I do believe I want to make it very clear that the founding generation, so to speak, especially prior to the actual revolutionary generation, deeply religious. Uh, spurred into even more passionate religion through the revivals of the Great Awakening, largely under George Whitfield. And yes, they were a passionate Christian people for the most part. Of course, there were exceptions, many of them. Now, the, the, the other thing that's contended is that the Constitution, the U.S. Constitution, uh, is our covenant with God. And that this is a religious document and that when it's violated by elected leaders, by those who govern, uh, it's violating a covenant with God, thus bringing judgment and thus making it legitimate for citizens to rebel. Now, this I do not believe. Let me explain what I mean. We all know that in 1776, the Declaration of Independence was issued before the world. That was specifically its intent to declare our cause before the world. And the Declaration was uh, a religious document. Uh, 
a number of, of famous writers have said that America it was founded on a creed. Uh, and if you read the Declaration of Independence, you find that there are half a dozen very powerful statements made about God. There is a God, number one. Number two, he's creator. Number three, he, he uh, created all men and endowed them with rights. I mean, I could go on and on and on. There are many religious statements in the Declaration of Independence. And this is typical of the culture at the time. This speaks uh, not so much, by the way, specifically of Thomas Jefferson, who wrote the first draft of the Declaration, but the editor that were made and additions that were made because other people on the committee drafting the or writing the declaration understood the times, understood the thinking of the people, understood the will of the people and the religious status, religious culture of the colonial era. Now, as you know, we did not go directly to a U.S. Constitution. Instead, we had the Articles of Confederation. It took some years to get this together during the war from 76 to 81. People were drafting the Articles of Confederation. But between 19, uh, sorry, 1781 and 1789, uh, you had these Articles of Confederation that ruled in our society. They were our national governing document. And they were very loose. Article uh, 2 says that all the states uh, maintain their autonomy and their rights and their privileges and their sovereignty. And Article 3 says that they would have a, quote, league of friendship, unquote. So it was very loose. There wasn't a powerful central government. The states retained all of their privileges. And as a result, uh, a centralized federal government couldn't get anything done. Now, some people say it should have stayed that way, <laughs> that with the encroaching uh, encroachments and enlargements and imperial nature of the federal government, we would have been better off under uh, a modified Articles of Confederation. Well... Uh, that's probably overstated. At the same time, we definitely know that we have imperial overreach by the federal government today. And so, yeah, there's, there's certainly something to be learned from the Articles of Confederation. But it was too loose. National debts couldn't be dealt with, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I won't, I won't do a civics lesson. But for almost a decade, uh, we were ruled by the Articles of Confederation. By the way, we had a president under those articles. And so one of my friends delights in going around, you know, making bets and teasing people about was George Washington our first president? And technically, the answer is no. He was our first president under the current Constitution, uh, but he was not our first president in the nation because we had one uh, under the Articles of Confederation. Okay, enough of the trivia. So finally then we have uh, the Constitution, uh, as most all of us know, uh, that that convention began in 1787 was finally, the document was finally agreed to ratified in 1789. Now, the Constitution is nothing like the Declaration. The Declaration's filled with visionary language and filled with passion and fire and religious language. Again, it makes a half a dozen uh, theological statements about God. In fact, the, the, really, the Declaration is built on theology, on a view of God. Um, but the Constitution is not. And the reason is that the Constitution, and I'm making up a phrase here, is procedural law. It's about how to run a state. It's not 
visionary. It's not making a philosophical case to the nations of the world. Instead, it's describing the function of government. God is never mentioned in the Constitution. In fact, the only close reference to God is that a certain year is called the year of our Lord because that was the culture at the time. And of course, people believe that. But my point is that this is the most passing reference that we have to God at all. The word God itself is not used. Lord is used, but only in reference to identifying a year. Religions mentioned a couple of times, one when it comes to uh, whether religious tests can be required for federal office and Uh, The other time is, of course, uh, in the First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion nor prohibiting the uh, free exercise thereof, the famous First Amendment. So that's it. Those are the only religious references. Everything else is, and I say this with respect, fairly dry. Here's how elections are handled. Here's the right. Here's the responsibilities of a president and blah, blah, blah. It's a procedural law. Uh, no one wants to have to memorize the declar- I mean, the, uh, the Constitution like previous generations of Americans had to memorize in school the Declaration of Independence. So, is the question is, did the founding fathers intend the Constitution as a covenant with God? No. Should it be regarded as a covenant with God? No. Is it, does it take any form of a covenant with God? No. Now, where does this belief come from? Well, uh, the most specific source that I know comes from our LDS friends are Mormon friends, because there is a belief in Mormonism uh, that God enabled at best, uh, and even scripted at most, um, the Constitution, that he put genius men, hand-chose men, uh, that he established, I think the word they use in the Book of Mormon is established the Constitution by providing us exceptionally gifted men, hand-chosen by God to write it. So it does have a divine imprint in, in, in our, amongst our, our LDS friends. It does have uh, a divine imprimatur. Uh, it is uh, put together by God indirectly. He uses means, as the old creeds say. Well, uh, I don't believe that. I, I, I believe you have uh, men devoted to God who are involved in the Constitution. I believe they have an eye towards faith. But what they're doing, even the most Christian amongst them, even the most religious among them, uh, are writing They are writing procedural law. They are writing how a government should function. How inspirational can that be? The creed that founded America, and it too, I don't believe, is a covenant with God, is the Declaration. So what you've got is people overstating and thus creating a problem for us. I don't don't believe that either the Declaration or the Constitution are covenants with God. No, I believe they acknowledge God. Thank God. I'm grateful for what they say. I'm moved by the Declaration. I'm a man of faith myself. I love that God is described as existing and being a creator and endowing men with rights and and being provident, um, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, he's, the, he's described as the ruler of the world, etc. I mean, all of this is said in the Declaration, and I'm grateful. And it, and it, it is a summary of what the, what the colonial era and the founding generation would have believed. But the Constitution itself is not, as with the Declaration, uh, a covenant. Neither one of them are covenants. 
And the reason that I want to make this clear is not that I'm trying to back away from a Christian mooring, a Judeo-Christian mooring to American history. I absolutely believe that. And as a Christian myself, I believe in renewing those age-old covenants. I sometimes pray the covenants that the founding generation prayed in their townships and in their churches and and when they engaged in new, new ventures, because I want to see a restoration happen. So, but I don't believe that because I'm just going to pick on someone randomly, if Nancy Pelosi urges something that conservatives don't believe to be uh, constitutional, well, that's something to be hammered out on, on on the floor of Congress, but it's not to be we're not to believe that she somehow is spitting in the face of God or that that inherently brings judgment. Now, if you're asking me about the issue of judgment, yeah, I think God judges sin. And I think America is a sinful nation in many ways. Uh, it's got a lot of righteousness, but it's got a lot of sin too. And sure, there is a righteous God um, and he does judge and he does watch. And a plain text reading of scripture says that our sins reach him and he is aware of them and he will act accordingly. And that's why we should humble ourselves before God and repent and turn from our wicked ways. No question about it. I believe all that as a Christian. But what's causing problems and what's feeding things like January 6th and what's causing confusion and even strife within churches uh, and, and strife in families and what have you is the idea that the Constitution is a covenant before God. It's not. If anything, it is a covenant between the governing and the people. And that's where there can be, a viol- be violations. I definitely believe that my rights and your rights have been violated by overreaching uh, people in elected office, uh, by, by ignoring and violating and, and stepping outside of constitutional bounds. No question about it. But that's regarding a covenant between the governed and those who govern. And I definitely think that there is a covenant there. In fact, the word federal in our, in our governing, governing system, federal comes from the Latin word fedora, which means covenant. So our federal government is a covenanted government, but that covenant's with the people. So let's take down the intensity a little bit. Let's relax. People will try to mess with the Constitution. We should stop them while being compassionate, recognizing that there is a process for amendment. But let's not put a divine stamp on all of our opinions by believing that because someone wants to do something that we think is unconstitutional, that they are inherently demonic and that God is judging the nation as a result. God is contending with America, calling her to repentance, calling her to righteousness, and by the way, calling religious people first to repentance. Judgment begins at the house of God, it says in Scripture. But no. I think we should be careful about believing that the Constitution is a covenant with God and that people jack with it at peril of bringing his judgment. That creates an intensity to the lightest constitutional opinion that can really bring damage to our country. Stephen Mansfield is a New York Times bestselling author, a popular global speaker, Senior Fellow for Public Leadership at Palm Beach Atlantic University. His groundbreaking books on faith and society include The Faith of George W. Bush, The Search for God in Guinness, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men, and Lincoln's Battle with God. Learn more at stephenmansfield.tv.